0: Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast in collaboration with Ascension. We are glad to be with you again on the journey. My name is Sister Miriam James, and I am welcomed. I don't know where this is going to go, y'all. We've been laughing so hard. This could easily go off the rails today, so just buckle up. But I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful, tame, quiet, very just domicile uh, co-host, uh, whatever. <laughs> it's wise. Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. And I, if I, too bad we're not doing a video podcast right now because I don't know what's going on. Like Heather, she's a couple hours behind us and hasn't really woken up. And if you could see her hair right now, because we're all on Skype together, it's glorious. Um, we just could barely keep it together just looking at her. She looks
1: like a 12 year old. Like, girl, what's up? Well, you know, it's the messy bun top knot thing going on. That's um, not a messy because... bun
2: top knot. That's like a mane, a I mountain
1: mane. <laughs> I don't know, but hair. my hair is super curly. <laughs> it's like a nest it's like a nest there's small woodland animals living in my hair it <laughs> that's is. what it is it's a it's nest
0: so. oh my gosh i yeah.
2: love it even the sparrows don't have a nest a but nest. they do in heather's hair <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> well i'm locked in a room podcasting no one sees me but you too so you look just beautiful right. just oh, so right beautiful right we're just totally yeah. giving you s- mm. such a hard time yeah
0: we love you heather <laughs> how are you michelle this morning
2: I am good. It is not early in the morning for us. It is around 1130. So good. Doing great. Riding high. Love making fun of your hair. (laughs) I'm doing great. How are
0: you, sister? It's time. It's good. It's been, we've already been on this phone call for like an hour and a half. And how many times during the phone call already, we were like, we should record this because there's some just real conversation happening, Mm -hmm. but we're hitting record Mm -hmm. now. So I think no time like the present. Yes. Yes. Okay. So what we're going to talk about is something that's been on my heart. And one of the things I love about Michelle, Michelle, I'm going to brag on you for a second, just because you're so awesome, is that I love your ability to to just kind of elicit the dreams out of the hearts of people. So mm-hmm. today, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about how to begin dreaming. Like how do you begin dreaming? And we're going to pull out from the, the book of the prophet Joel, chapter two, verse 28, that says, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. And I know for myself, and I just want to just want to preface this, I'm a very practical person and I, I love to dream, but I also many times in my life have said, I don't have time for that. Like I don't have time for that nonsense. I've got real work to do. So I want to differentiate right from the start that when we talk about dreaming today, we're not talking about the cheesy Instagram posts that you see where people are like, oh, just follow your dreams. I mean, that, that's one thing, but many times those are desires that come and go. What we're really talking about about is the vision that God has put in your heart that has a reason. It has a, a power to play and why you're here on earth. So when we talk about dreams, we're talking about the deep desires that God places in your heart to bring about his kingdom, to build up you, to build up the kingdom and to bring about his will on earth. So I'm going to let kind of Michelle open this, break this open for us. And when we talk about dreams, cause she does such a good job about, of doing that. And also speaking of the dreams in her own heart. So
2: Michelle, there you go, girl. Oh, thank you, sister. Uh, I think for me, I, I love to dream because I'm more of a vision kind of personality, and I'm married to someone that is very logical, which is a great mix to have in the bunch together. But for me, it's like a... Quote from Frederick uh, Buchner. I'm sure I'm butchering his last name as I do most people's last names. But anyway, it says, the place God calls you is to the place where your deepest gladness and the world's deepest hunger meets. that's good. And like you said before, sister, like a God, or I like to say, I call it like spirit-sized dream, like, you know, like when you have to supersize something, mm. like at a restaurant or stuff, like a spirit-sized dream is something that um, you were created, like you said, on a for this purpose, for such a time as this on the earth. There is a problem that is in the earth that God has destined you to help solve, co-create with him to help solve. Like that is why he created us. And I think like spirit-sized dreams are always linked to freedom, like your freedom and other people's freedoms. They're not just for your benefit. They are for the whole body's benefit. They are for all of humanity's benefit. And it's when um, God invites you to co-create with Him to see His glory displayed on the earth, and that's exciting, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times um, we there's just it's getting in touch with our desires and seeing where our desires are. And I think some t- majority of us, our desires are so buried deep within us that we don't even know what our dreams are that's or what our so God-given desires are, you know, not Mm -hmm. like the ones that you were saying, like the Instagram posts where I'm just following my dream. So it's okay to leave my spouse. No, that's not a God-given desire. I'm sorry Mm -hmm. to tell you. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much not it. Mm -hmm. But it is like, okay, what has God like inspired you to do, created you for a purpose to do it? You know, one of my favorite things to say is create the things that you wish existed, you know? Where do you see a longing that needs to be filled? Where do you see desire that needs to be filled? Where do you see something that is lacking in humanity? Where do you see something lacking in your community, your family, whatever, that stirs your heart, gets your heart beating, gets you excited, um, gives you a purpose? Because I think all of us are created to have a purpose outside of ourselves. Oh, definitely. Um, And that is what inspires us to live fully and live wide awake And live completely. And when those desires and dreams are dormant, there is a lot of times we're just existing, are maintaining. And, um, and that's a hard place to be. You know, that's a very, for me, it's very dark place to be. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. yeah, Heather, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I I think that sometimes dreaming is looked at by some of us as we get older as like a childish thing, you know, like those are the childish ways that we need to leave behind. You know, we're not, we need to live in reality. Now we have jobs, we have to be responsible. We have, you know, all of the weight of the world to carry with things, tasks to do. Um, But I think that that's just a misunderstanding as we were talking about, about what dreams are, that dreams really come from stirrings from the Holy Spirit that, that awaken desire within us to to do something with our lives that matters. And we were made for a purpose. You know, we're not just made to be in the rat race. And many of us get stuck in that feeling um, and dreams begin to die or become dormant because we're just trying to get through the day. We're just trying mm-hmm. to accomplish tasks. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think to really dream is to sit and invite the Holy Spirit, just as it goes to, to that scripture that we read at the beginning. It's a pouring out of the Holy Spirit uh, and a reception of that, that, that births dreams in our heart. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that that's a good place to start for people who may feel like, I don't know how to dream, or I've, I've lost the ability to dream or it's become dormant because, um, I haven't allowed myself to do that. That's a good place to start is to just invite the Holy Spirit to come and begin to stir up dreams again. And I don't think it needs to be something where it's like your whole job or sometimes we complicate it. It's like, oh, dreams are like, like my dream job, my dream, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes those are just ideas, you know, Mm -hmm. good ideas. And there's a difference between good ideas and something that the Holy Spirit is stirring in your heart. Mm. Uh, and I know for me personally, you know, I went through a season um, a, a few years ago where I, it was just a very quiet few years for me where I was, I felt like I was in the hidden space space, you know, the Lord was working on deep interior things within me, but yet my heart was burning with passion, um, for the kingdom and, and dreams that I had. And I was struggling so much because I, I, the Lord just had me in a hidden place in just a quiet place where he was working on my heart and working on things interiorly. And it began to feel somewhat painful, you know, the dreams that were like not realized or not coming to fruition, or, um, it just wasn't the time yet to move into that space. And I remember at one point going, okay, I just can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. This is just too hard. I'm just going to not dream anymore. And Uh, as the words came out of my mouth, something inside went, Heather, no, like this is no, that's not the answer is to just let your dreams die. And so sometimes, you know, we need to hold those steady with the Lord's faithfulness. You know, the Lord is the one that makes dreams really happen. It's not something we grasp after or, or you know, seek after like with, with the hustle and the striving. Like I think God-sized dreams are Holy Spirit driven. Mm-hmm. And we need to wait on his timing. But waiting doesn't mean that it's never going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. there's hope and dreams are linked together, mm-hmm. that that God is faithful, that he has a plan, that we are made in his image, and he has a purpose for our life that matters. And we all seek that. We all seek that our life would have meaning beyond the regular tasks that we do. What about you, sister? Oh, so good. Both
0: of you, I just... Uh, yeah, I can't wait to delve into this, and it's—I think it's very—I know it's very apropos in my own life, and I just been in a, a very intense season of purification the last say, let's just say year, especially, and I really had to surrender a lot, and a lot of the dreams that I had, a lot of the the, the things that I really believe in my heart that God has put me on Earth for, He purified the heck out of those, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is in those times when the darkness comes or all you see is purification or all you see is this life that or like a part of your life that you feel like, is this ever going to change? Or is this ever going to happen? Or Lord, I really believe this is what you're calling me to. How come the doors are not opening? Mm -hmm. And it's very easy to give into temptation or disappointment or discouragement or to shut your heart down. And I too, on so many levels wanted to shut my heart down and say, well, then forget this. This is stupid. But there's like that still small voice inside that keeps speaking. And it's, it goes very, very deep. And I, I was just, I, a few weeks ago, I mentioned as my one thing, a podcast called The Place We Find Ourselves uh, by Adam Young. And I was just listening to another episode actually last night, this the episode on how to really grieve your wounds. And the guest on the podcast was talking about areas of contempt in our life, where contempt often covers up for desire and longing. Mm. And for many of us, the desire and longing is so deep, and we, all of us have a purpose outside of ourselves. We have to, we're meant to be gift. Like we have to have a purpose outside of ourselves. And so many times that purpose is, um, it's, it feels thwarted or it feels too impossible, or just the pain in our life is so deep that we have contempt for our dreams. We have contempt for the dreams of other people. We have contempt for God. And what that contempt is, is really a self-defense mechanism of desire and longing, Because we're made to desire and to long for something good, true, and beautiful, ultimately God himself. So I'd love that we're having this conversation today. And I love just sitting at both of your feet and really learning and just listening to what you're saying, because it's really just an aid to my own life as well. And just the heart of all the stories that we hear from so many people, Mm -hmm. don't you think?
2: Yeah. And I think for us, dreaming starts with a divine, like I said, imagination, but it comes to fruition through surrender and obedience. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, God does amazing things through surrendered people, you know? Mm -hmm. And like you take Mother Teresa, for example. Yes, like that is this big, bold example. But the Lord literally gave her a dream of to start this kind of order. So what did she do? She started with one. She was obedient to one person, taking one person off the streets in Calcutta. She started with one. It was very simple, and it builds up. And yes, we could see like how big her order is now, but it starts small, and it starts with obedience. And I've just learned in my own life, when God gives me something, a dream or a vision bigger than I do, it is overwhelming. It is overwhelming. And it oftentimes, especially since I've gotten older, I start looking about the responsibility of the dream. Like, Lord, if you call me to this, then I have to do it, which we totally have to flip it on our head. Like if the Lord is giving us a God-sized dream or a spirit-sized dream, it will fail unless divine intervention happens. Oh, amen. And mm-hmm. it will totally fail because he's not asking us He's asking us to partner with him, but he does the heavy lifting like everything else. Mm-hmm. So what is it? Like if we have to figure out all the details before we even start moving, we're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. We have to start small And the next first step, the next little mm-hmm. step. Lord, show mm-hmm. me. And when you take out and step out in that first step, the grace is there when you step out. But I've learned over and over again, and this has been my experience, the grace doesn't come before the grace comes daring. Like when I move, the grace Uh, meets me, but it doesn't come before. Like, you know, mm. that's where I have to will it and trust. And then I step out and then the grace is there in that moment, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, but it's a constant surrendering. It's a constant purifying. It's a constant thing, but often a lot of times, and I've seen some of the most powerful women that I love that have started, um, amazing three, things and dream big dreams have all come out of a place of heartache and brokenness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. one woman, woman that I truly admire, she um, is in Atlanta now, um, but she started a huge rape crisis center because she was brutally raped. Mm. And out of her deepest pain has become one of her most beautiful gifts to the world, mm. you know, and it's things like oh, that. Amen. And um so, it's,
0: can you talk more about that, Michelle? About like the deep, many times it's our deepest brokenness or those deepest parts of our hearts that are birthed, like where God needs us to minister to the world. Can you talk a bit about that? Because most of us avoid those parts of our hearts. So, can you talk about the necessity of the broken pieces when God um, restores them in the process of restoration?
2: Absolutely. I think for us, is we look at areas of our life, like some of our biggest areas of woundedness is usually where God is going to display his glory, the mightiest, mm-hmm. you know? So what are those areas? What are those places that you, okay, where are those places that you avoid like the plague in your own mm-hmm. personal life and really look at those, you know? Like for me, um, when I was getting married, my parents were getting divorced. The whole idea of marriage and family was very hard for me you know, to even do that. I didn't feel like I had the tools to be able to do a good marriage. No fault of my parents. It was their story because of their parents' story. You know, there's no blame. It just is what it is. So trying to do family and marriage was just totally overwhelming to me, mm-hmm. you know, and that is one of the way, areas that I've absolutely seen God come through miraculously, you know, in our marriage, how we do family, how we, Mm -hmm. how we bring other people into family. I mean, am I equipped? No, there's nothing in me that equips to create family or create creative families or create, you know, ministry families. There's nothing in me that is equipped, but I keep on walking and God keeps on showing me and keeps on doing things. So what is that area of brokenness that you don't want to look at? And where does God want to bring glory in there? And that is... That is somewhere that he wants you to dream and vision. Also, I think when I'm, I love walking people through, like I do it, it's like breakout sessions, but teaching people how to dream is to go back to childhood. What are those things that you loved to do as a child Mm. that brought you life? Because when you're a child, you are unfiltered. You don't filter yourself on this is what I should be doing. This is what I need to do. Um, there is, it'll probably be one of my one things today. There is a. Um,
0: I only get one, so don't even try that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
2: exactly. whatever. I'm going to break oh, those rules. Cheater. I'm, okay. I'm going to totally sneak another one in. But there's a Life Water <laughs> ad about children being artists. And when they're Mm -hmm. younger, they know, they think all of them are these amazing artists. And once Mm -hmm. we grow as an adult, we start filtering our creativity, but we're all creative. Now, whether we're going to be professional artists, yeah, some of us are called to that. Some of us are not, but we're all created to create. So like, all right, what is it in childhood that you love to do? Like what stirred your heart? What did you love to play? You know, and then for some of us, there's dreams that have died. You know, that there is a, I, I speak about a lot of us, my friends that have played sports, like they had this dream of being this, you know, professional this or professional that or whatever, or whatever you call to do are those that are not, anything. What, when a dream dies, where does God want to resurrect that dream? You know, mm-hmm. and it didn't die. I love the saying, it didn't die. It was just planted and buried to grow another fruit at another time and another season, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, that God will resurrect it again, you know if we surrender it to him in that aspect. Mm-hmm. So
1: I love the idea that you're talking about, you know, with the, the fertile soil, like it's like when a soil is tilled, it broken, that's when things can <sighs> be planted and then bear fruit. Like we're seeing these analogies Amen. riddled all throughout scripture. Jesus uses them for a reason. And then he it's fully fulfilled in how he lives, how he dies, suffers and dies and rises you know, and bears new life to the world. I mean, this is our story. And I think sometimes we forget that we get so caught in the day to day, the things that we feel like we either have to do, we're committed to do, we can't say no to do, we feel a sense of being trapped, or we're just living an obligation. And we don't know how to dream because we've forgotten sight of this glorious story that God has us in. And this isn't head in the clouds, like, froofy things, like you were saying, sister, at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I think we need to be connected to the real story because this helps us to trust that God is a good God and he can take Mm. broken things and turn them into beautiful things. That's what he does. That's exactly what happened in his life and in turn wants to do that in our own life. So even for the things that are broken, and I would say, you know, most of my ministry pours out of places that were broken, that God has healed and redeemed or is healing and new fruit and new life is pouring out of those places, Mm. which is an incredible grace and something that's incredibly humbling, that this is how God chooses to deal with our brokenness is that he doesn't shy away from it. He goes right into it, breathes new life there, and beautiful things begin to spring up from that ground. And I think that if we trust that that's the kind of God that we have, then we can begin to dream you know, it, I think it starts with trusting that God is about good things. He has good intentions for us. He doesn't just want us to live a life full of suffering that goes nowhere, that any suffering we encounter is supposed to mirror his life, that it leads to a death and then to a rising again. And Amen, I think girl, yet, like it. that can preach help it. us. Yeah, that can help us just go through these seasons of waiting where dreams are not yet fulfilled and the enemy is trying to speak to us that they should just die and be put aside those childish things and childish thoughts. You know, we have to live in reality that maybe it's just for a season. It's just for a time that God is doing something under the surface, that he's cultivating something in that soil where a dream has been planted and it's just not ready to bloom yet. Um, so I think we have to address those places in our heart that distrust the heart of God oh, amen, girl. that he, maybe he's holding out on us. This goes back to the garden, right? Mm-hmm. This is exactly oh, Adam absolutely. and Eve that they were like, maybe he's holding out on us. Maybe he's keeping something from us. Maybe he actually doesn't have the best intentions for us. And I think we need to go there, you know, start there and be like, Lord, can you please begin to heal this lie that has you know, taking root in my heart that I, that I can't trust you or that you might be holding out on, on me. And I want to believe that you have good things for me.
0: Mm. Oh gosh. ugh, preach it girl. And I mean, I love also the quote from, the, from Habakkuk uh, chapter two, verse three, uh, where mm-hmm. he says, the Lord answered me. This is so good. I remember on my retreat, I did an eight day silent retreat, uh, last month. And this was one of the the passages that the priest had me reflect on, for, you know, and yeah. the retreat and he said, the Habakkuk says, the Lord answered me Write down this vision and clearly inscribe it on tablets so that a herald, love that, a herald may run with it. For the vision awaits an appointed time. It testifies of the end and will not lie. Though it lingers, wait for it, since it will surely come and not delay. Hmm. And that's... Clearly, I love this—the image of the tilling the soil. I love that the, the grain of wheat must go into the ground and die. I mean, it will happen in God's time. If it's really from God, it'll happen in God's time. And and isn't that what we, when we, you know, we have those stumbling blocks where we want to start grasping or we want to start making an idol out of it? And I just more so often God will just remind me of the day-to-day of like the pouring out for the other for today. Like, so what are the steps today? It's like walking to mass and offering for somebody at mass today. It's, you know, whatever that is, it's like the day-to-day things like you said, Heather, trusting, being very honest and trusting the Lord and engaging those parts, all those little parts of us. We all have the parts of us. We all have the parts that don't trust God. Let's all be really honest about that. Welcoming that part of us to the table and saying, Hey, you're welcome here. Let's have a dialogue. Let's ask the Lord to speak into those parts because he's made us for eternal glory, So those deep dreams, those deep desires to bring, you know, goodness, truth, and beauty are those come from God himself. And they're a revelation of his own love, bringing us back to him through the service of others. Mm
1: -hmm. Exactly. And sometimes we need the things that, you know, we might've settled for mediocre and not even known it. And God wants to strip down, pare away the things. So, and that process is painful when we go through it and it's not immediate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not immediate. It's Mm -hmm. not like one day and okay, by the weekend, you know, I'm going to be feeling much better about this. Like sometimes it's a few years where he's paring away these things so that we can become fully alive, like not Mm -hmm. just live mediocre. And so we have to be willing to trust that even in painful seasons, that God is allowing this to happen. If we're letting the Holy Spirit move, we're letting God's hands prune the things that he needs to prune back, it's because it's going to bear more fruit in the end.
2: Amen. You know? And I and I know for me, like, okay, it was in my 19s and 20s, early 20s that I was in the fashion world, and then that gift died. Mm. Like, in my opinion, like it lay dormant, and because I was not, as before I was in my faith, you know, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know whose I was. And the fashion industry is brutal for both of that. And God did not bring all of that back, those gifts back for till 20 years later. 20 Mm -hmm. years later, I stepped back into the design world. 20 years Mm -hmm. later, I started designing again. 20 years, and God reminded me, he's like, he is the giver of all good gifts. He gave me the gift. He just needed to redeem it and refine it, Mm -hmm. and it needs to be for his glory more than mine, Mm -hmm. and so I didn't have the maturity to go along with the gifting yet, Mm. and so, and that's a lot of times that happens with dreams. Amen. It's things, and you need to surround yourself, dreams are personal, and it's your personal responsibility, but you need to, yeah, you need to surround yourself with people that are a little bit more mature with you, like can mentor you, but you need to also surround yourself with people that can cheer you on. Mm -hmm. Because when you follow your dream, you have to put yourself out Mm -hmm. there. You have to be brave. You have Mm -hmm. to make sure like you're going to be exposed in some way, shape or form. Like when I started to initiate things, um, I just had this idea in my mind that people are saying, who does she think she is? I don't know who these people are. Like they're the imaginary people in my head, but like, who does she think she is that she can do this? Who does she think she is that, you know, and uh, you know, which is like, I like to call the mean voices bullies that, you mm-hmm. know, but that we make up in our head, but we, we think that, so we need other people to come around us and say, no, I see this gifting in you. Take the next step. I have you. And even if you fall, it's okay. That means you grew. That means you're growing and you're growing and get back up. All right, what else is Mm -hmm. it? You know, like I will link arms with you and we'll make the dream a reality, you know? And, Mm -hmm. um, and I think when you have other people that speak into your dreams, it refines them and makes them better. Mm -hmm. It makes the dreams better. Um, I was laughing. I watch, you know, I love to watch all these different creative documentaries. Um no. usually on yes, usually on planes <laughs> because I don't usually watch TV. I always send a uh, sister sign. I know I love Michelle um, she gets up and she's
0: like, I just watch this. You have to watch this. I love your passion. It always makes me smile. It's so beautiful. It's only on
2: plane rides because I don't watch TV <laughs> usually ever. But I well. I, the Steven Spielberg one that HBO did, I was like, gasping over. I just cried. I loved everything about it. But I love Steven Spielberg tells a story where he is at lunch with Martin Scorsese and I think Francis Ford Coppola and a couple of others. And they were talking about Star Wars. They were talking about um, Francis Ford Coppola. They were all talking about George Lucas was talking about Star Wars. And they're like, George, we don't know what the heck you're talking about, where the story starts. And so I think it was Martin Scorsese says, you need to say in a galaxy long, far, far away and tell the story to begin with and they're like, you're right. Yeah. And I just love that idea of collaboration, of taking a dream and people were finding it and making it better. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, the dream was George Lucas and Steven Spielberg's, but the other people spoke into that and made it even better. And that's what we're supposed to do for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Like people have dreams, people have these giftings and we're supposed to come around them and make them better. We're supposed to invest in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't even get me started about being patrons for people's <laughs> dreams. Oh but girl, there she goes. Need to invest-
0: <laughs> I love it. Cause you're such a good champion of that. We'll have to do an episode on that. I've how to birth dreams in other people? We'll have to do an episode of that. Exactly, yeah.
2: because I think that's what patron means. Mm-hmm. It means of the father. Mm-hmm. Like, and if these are fathers' mm-hmm. desires in other people, then we need to help birth those mm-hmm. and champion those. And mm-hmm. um, and it's scary and it's hard, but when you do it, um, it's meant to be done in communal aspects and not in isolation, Mm -hmm. then we get to see God's glory displayed in powerful ways on the earth. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's what we're here for. Oh girl. Oh, Heather, come on. I see your face. Why don't you say something? That's good. Like, I feel like we could mic drop it right there, but I want you to say a couple more things. Could you, before we run out of time.
1: Well, you know, I was just thinking that's one of been one of the beautiful fruits of our friendship with one another, the three of us, is that we're able to hold space for one another's stories. Like we really know the depths of one another's stories all the way along and we know the things that God is stirring and moving. And in dark moments, you both have spoken into my life to remind me of the things that are true and good and beautiful to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus and hope, you know, and and mm-hmm. vice versa. We all have those oh, moments yeah. where we need to be Able to to recall for one another the good things that God has in store and what He's really doing and what He's really about. So the communal aspect, I think, yeah, is absolutely necessary. But I was also remembering um, there's this guy, Michael Ketterer. I mentioned him before on another podcast, and he is a worship leader who happened to be on um, America's Got Talent. <laughs> and and he adopted all these beautiful kids, and he was sharing part of his story. And he adopted three little boys from like a horrible situation, like really, really horrible details. And he said, you know, I'm on this show because I want to teach my kids that they can dream. And he goes, you can't dream when you're just surviving. And that line, when he said that, he's like, when you're just surviving, you can't dream. And I was like, wow, there's something very profound in there that I think some of us are in that place, you know, where we're just surviving and it's very hard to dream. And I think that, that that's a place where we can invite God to come into you know am i just surviving what's going on here what does god need to heal and redeem oh, so that i can dream again yeah.
0: mm. amen so I, I don't know listeners i don't know i'm sure a lot of stirred i know just listening to heather and michelle myself i had just a lot of stirring in my own heart and and maybe this week, uh, you can just ask the Holy spirit just to reveal some of those parts of your own heart to you. What, what sets you on fire? Like, what do you see in the world that you wish you could do something about? What breaks your heart? What, what captivates you? Um, when you were a child, when you were a little girl, a little boy, what did you love? You know, and I think those things are can be very tender, and it's it's very easy for us just to kind of push those parts away, like we talked about earlier, and say it's stupid. It doesn't matter. I've got bills to pay. Yeah, we've got bills to pay, but we also have a a deep purpose that's lived out moment to moment and in the greater picture as well. It is,
2: and I think like holy discontent is what I love to call it. Like, where is there a holy discontent Mm -hmm. in our spirit to bring forth a holy Mm -hmm. desire and a holy Mm -hmm. dream? You know, and we do that. You know, like what do we desire? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but don't be um and like Heather and both you said, it takes time and yeah. space. You know, you have to create time and space for to get in touch with your own heart, and you have to cre- create time and space to have these conversations with other people mm-hmm. around you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And if Oprah were here, she'd be like,
0: You're getting a dream,
1: you're getting a dream. Everybody's <laughs> getting a dream. <laughs> it's under your
0: chair. I've been everybody been over. It's right under now. your chair okay. right now. <laughs> your dog has you've gone for a dog with your dog. Okay. <laughs> Uh. Oh, I love you guys. Oh my gosh, we're out of time. Okay, so... This is such a good conversation, but we have to move into our one thing for the week. Um, Notice it's one thing, but don't worry, because Michelle won't even listen to that. She'll be like, here's my five things for the week, y'all. So I'm going to give Heather (laughs) a chance to mention her one thing first. My dear friend, Heather, what is your one thing for our listeners this week? What's rocking your face off? And your hair, what's what's happening right now?
1: Well, my hair is definitely rocking itself. But um, my one thing this week, to be honest, is my kids. Mm I... I know that seems kind of cheesy, but really in in, lately in particular, they have just been amazing me, you know, um, their ages are 15, 13 and 11. So they're just in this kind of new phase of coming into teenage life and, and all of that. And I'm just seeing, you know, as we're talking about this topic, it's like, I'm seeing their dreaming. I'm seeing their passion. I'm seeing their joy and, you know, their struggles of things that they're working through. And I've just been so inspired by them lately, the things that they're pressing into and doing and who they're becoming. So they're my one thing this week. Can you post so a picture cute. of
0: them so our listeners can see them? Is that okay?
1: Yeah, I will. They're so um, fun. They're yeah. wonderful. I takes. just am, I mean darn it, teenagers get such a bad rap, but I just am loving the teenagers. I just think they're hilarious. Mm-hmm. Bit dramatic sometimes, no joke, but <laughs> they are hilarious. <laughs> Michelle, what's your one thing this week?
2: My one thing is um that Life Water video that I will share for you about everyone as an artist. I just Every time I see it, I tear up because I just think it's so awesome. But also, a friend of mine sent me a gift this week. Um, I love giving gifts, but I also like receiving them, but I'm not easy to buy for. Heather just gave me an awesome necklace, so that should be another oh, one of my one things. Totally. My, it was beautiful. Um, but... My friend sent me this book, which is so fun to get something in the middle of the week when you're not expecting it, is Reese Witherspoon's new book, Whiskey in a (laughs) Teacup. It is really (laughs) fun. It's all things Southern. It's all things... uh, It's just a fun book. It's like a coffee table book. It has recipes. It has different Southern talks. Oh, it is so fun. Um, Like, she has a whole tutorial on how to hot roll your hair, and uh, it's just hysterical. So yeah, whiskey in a teacup, that is my one thing. My Mm. two things, my three things. Anyway, Sister Miriam, what is your one thing?
0: Uh, My one thing is a song I came across. Somebody sent it to me last week and it's, I believe his name is Torin. I probably sang wrong. Torin Wells and a song called Known. And it's really a song to the Lord about how the Lord totally knows us and totally loves us. And it's just really, it's so beautiful. It just really pierced my heart. So I've been thinking about it. I've actually woken up with it on my heart several times. So I know when that happens to me that it's God trying to say something. So it's just really beautiful. So I'll throw up his video up there. Uh, I won't throw it up, but you know what I'm saying? Like I'll post (laughs) because that'd be weird. Please, I will post. uh, This is how it is, people. This is our life right now. I'm going to post the video of his song. So Torrin Wells, a song called Known. And it is indeed my one thing for the week. So Thank you so much for coming along with us, dear listeners. Dream big. God's placing beautiful things in your heart to change the world. So you're meant to be here for a time such as this. And so if you enjoyed our podcast, would you please uh, subscribe to us? Leave us a a rating on iTunes. You can find us on Ascension Press. You can find all of our discussion questions. If you click on the link, you'll see what we're reflecting upon. And I want you to know that Heather and Michelle are both making faces at me while I'm trying to do this serious announcement. (laughs) (laughs) And we just want to say thank you for the journey. Thank you so much. And please know of our prayers for you. So we will be dreaming with you this week and letting God speak into our life. And until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless you.